This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And hello, America. Welcome to another edition of Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism only on America's Webradio.com. Cinco de Mayo. Do any Americans really even know what that holiday is? Or is it just an excuse to drink Corona, Tecati, and uh, uh, Modelo, and all the other cervezas? You think that's what it is? I mean, you know, it, the interesting thing is, it. I was doing the math, and it seems to me Cinco de Mayo will always be the same day of the week as St. Patrick's Day. Does that make sense to you? No. St. Patrick's Day is always March 17th. This is always... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Exactly. So it's always the same day. So... St. Patrick's Day this past year was on a Tuesday and Cinco de Mayo again on Tuesday. So what this does is it really ruins people midweek. You know, I think St. Patrick's Day is far more celebrated than Cinco de Mayo. At least people know a little bit more about St. Patrick and the history of that and the green beer. And, and it, I mean, it's a wasp holiday, right? Or, uh, well, I guess it's kind of a Catholic holiday. They probably don't know as much as you think. Uh, you know, everybody thinks it's Irish and all that. Yeah. And, and the reality was that uh, it's not. And uh, same way with Cinco de Mayo. Everybody thinks that's uh, Mexico's Independence Day, which it was independence from France, I believe. Yeah, I think they won um, like a battle on... It was not a big deal, actually. In fact, I heard last night, I believe, that Mexico doesn't even celebrate Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> this Cinco de Mayo in the States is sort of a hallmark Mexican celebration. <laughs> did you get your card from me? From about Cinco yes, Cinco? I did. It said, hola, oh. me llamo David. <laughs> that was about it. Howdy. And, uh, so, Actually, uh, you, know what? you know what I did get, though? I saw uh, Texas sent a little postcard to our friends in ISIS. <laughs> they said, y'all come back now, you hear? Come on down. Uh, that was, uh, I got to say, that's impressive stuff. I mean, Pam Geller, who has just been decimating the liberal media, they're getting her on the show. She was physically, you know, a- a- at this event in Garland, Texas, which is, uh, I guess it's suburb of Dallas. Yeah, just okay. north of Dallas. So suburb of Dallas, right in the heart of Second Amendment country. They decide to have a free speech event, which is Draw, Mo- Draw the Moha Day or Muhammad Cartoon Day. And it's, it's, it's freedom of speech. You remember back in like the 40s and the 50s, we used to make fun of our opponents that we were fighting in war. The, there were all sorts of political cartoons oh, about the Nazis. The Nazis and, oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and so the fact that now we have thousands upon thousands of these ISIS savages, to borrow a word from Pam Geller, marching around killing it, anything and everything they can, if we can't make fun of them a little bit, then what have we not lost this country? I tell you, the greatest thing about this story, have you heard this? The greatest thing about this story <laughs> is they did decide on the wrong place. Texas is not the place that you go out to try your body armor, which they had full body armor on. <laughs> and did you hear the cop that took him out was a traffic cop, took him out with his service pistol. Here they are with their big AR-15s or whatever, yeah, rifles with right. the canisters and all of this, and they were going to blow everybody away. And here's a 60-year-old, 60-year-old traffic cop. He he had to put a bullet through each of their heads. They were in full body armor. Yeah. 
Well, they got put down very quick. I mean, the, oh, the, yeah. the organizers of the event, they knew it was going to be a little controversial. Be, yeah. But who who cares? If we're scared that we offend somebody, then we truly have lost this country. Now, do I, do I think it's, it could be insulting to Muslims? Sure, but who cares? Who? If I want to paint a beard on a horse's ass and call it Muhammad, I should have the right to do so. Yep. And I and I don't know why she. I may do that sometimes. I don't know why she's getting so damn much grief about it because I'm like you. Um, She actually paid for the extra security. Yep, they had forty extra security cards. Which and uh, um, you know they they sent an invitation to these jerks. And I I I think you know and ISIS taking credit for it. If you think about it, is pretty dumb when you got two guys in full armor, uh, body armor. And one individual cop takes them out. And they, I mean, they wounded one uh, individual. I think they hit him in the ankle. He yeah. looks like he's going to recover. His name was oh, Doug. He's, something he's already like out. He's already, he's yeah, not. he was discharged already. These guys are not going to be discharged. One of the funniest, uh, I've, I've made some pretty good um, comments about this, if I do say so myself. But the funniest one I said was clearly the winner of the cartoon contest was whoever drew the two chalk outlines yeah. outside the event. I was, thinking, I was thinking this. David, though, that uh, ISIS, they are very technologically savvy. I mean, they're on Twitter and they're on YouTube. What if the state of Texas started advertising adventure tourism packages on ISIS's YouTube channel and their Twitter page? And and they could say, you guys need to use Southwest Airline because they, they sell one-way tickets. What I mean, do you yeah. think that would be a business opportunity? You know, I, it's funny that you brought that up because I was uh, I've been uh, um, by myself a lot lately, uh, and I was doing some thinking about it, and and uh, there's no doubt that ISIS is here. I don't care what your president says, but uh, don't blame no, me. I didn't vote for him. There's no doubt that they're here. There's no doubt that they're gonna uh, try a bunch of other things. My thought was we ought to drive the bastards crazy. And have events like she did all over the place. Have ten thousand of them, you know. Every city have their own. You know, it's, like, it's like setting out a roach trap, isn't it? I mean, come on yeah. down. We got we 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 are waiting the for roach you. Motel, the roach motel. It crisis motel. The 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 the, uh, the roaches check in, but they don't check out. They they literally, you know. I think that is an interesting point you brought up. ISIS taking credit for this. Is like a football coach taking credit when his team gets his ass kicked. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, like, hey, that was us, really. The guy, the guys that are nothing but chalk outlines, and now we've basically raided the uh, their apartment in Phoenix or whatever. And one was looks like uh, I, I saw an interview with one of their mothers this morning, and she was just saying, "Well, that was, was Elton. That be Elton's mother. He was just supposed to be practicing Islam, not engaging in terrorist activities. <laughs> so." Um, Anyway, I think this is great advertising. ISIS, come on back, y'all. We we enjoy y'all being here. Georgia, we, we appreciate the Second Amendment. I've always said this, that the Second Amendment is the bodyguard for the First Amendment, mm-hmm. and that was never more evidenced than Sunday night. I, I'd like to add one more comment, <clears throat> and this comes from uh, military duty and, and, and knowing which end of a, a weapon to hold and so forth. You know, you can go to a rifle range all you want, and shoot at the little stationary targets and all that. But there's really nothing better than a live moving target to really home your skills. So I think, uh, you know, if ISIS wants to uh, volunteer to be the, the live moving targets, I think it's great. Like you said, come on down. 
bring them down in numbers, you know. Yep. And if, if that doesn't work, then let's go to Baltimore. I, there's targets there, I think. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Baltimore, that um, it looks like that situation has calmed down a little bit. Uh, they, they, they arrested six police officers and charged them with various crimes. They overcharged one of them, I guess, with second-degree uh, murder, which is very similar. If you look at it, the way these, uh, these prosecutors are, they're very aggressive. They always try to shoot high and hope they can plea bargain something out. Uh, it was three black cops and three white cops. It's really destroying not only the narrative of racist cops, but also progressive slash liberal slash commie ideas that if you keep dumping money into the inner city that somehow it'll fix itself. Did you know that Baltimore got $1.8 billion? I'm doing my Dr. Evil billion dollars just in 2009 from the stimuli or, or stimulus. I call it the stimuli because it, it didn't really it was help. A lie, yeah. It was a lie. So where did that money go? Where'd it go? It, it, $500 million of it went to education, suppose. I mean, if they, there's a breakdown on the Beacon Report, which uh, I... I Glance through. I, I, it was a, a quick uh, per um, a preview of it. It went but, to the Clinton Foundation. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's. We, you know what? We need a whole other day for, to to get back on that story. But um, yeah, so the Baltimore situation seems to have been quelled a little bit. Um, yeah, well, no, I, I although, tell you what, although with, none of the problems have been solved, none boy. of the endemic problems, that, and now they don't have a CVS. Though the. Baltimore situation is like your uh, your boiling water on your on your stovetop, you know, and you had it on high and it started boiling, and you didn't want it to boil over, so you put it down to low, and it's on low right now, but it's fixing. It will come back and boil again. Now I had somebody disagree with me. I I don't think they're gonna. There's not a snowball chance in hell that the six are gonna be. They may be tried, but that that girl, young lady, married to one of the rioters, by the way, the city council, and he was one of his was right in the middle of the riot people pushing them on. She overextended her bounds, and uh, <clears throat> she's going to turn out to be a joke, and has ended her potential political career, as has the idiot mayor. Of Baltimore, in my opinion. Yeah, she. Um, I, I've seen her at some of the press conferences. I think that um, you know she's clearly out of the Eric Holder, Barack Obama um, model. But you know, she. She. I think she has the potential to be more affable if she would just own up to some of the things that she's said and and to say that she. Yeah, well, that's what. Like, like I said, she's exactly. Like the Holder and Obama model, but I, for some reason, I see a, a glim ray of hope. I don't know. I, 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 I do, I, but I, my question to her would be why haven't you audited where the hell that $1.8 billion went? That's a lot of money. For Baltimore, it's not, it's not New York. It's not a, well, it's a big pretty, city. There's a couple million people there, but I mean, it's not. I'm a, talking about one million. But you, you got to admit, she's pretty well dressed. In, in oh, some I mean, no, she's dressed to the nine. She went to law school. She ran for city council right away. She she was born to serve, apparently, is what she was saying at her press conference. And my question is, why are you showing so such pathetic results? If you're from Baltimore, you care about the city so much. We've clearly invested in these inner city urban areas. Obama saying Republicans just won't invest more. 
I mean, what do we do? Are we are we do we want to continue throwing good money after bad money or borrowed money after borrowed money? Is is that was that what they want? Or can we not put ideas and missives like school choice on the radar without being called racist because we want to improve people's lot in life? Every time I heard her, she reminded me of Urkel. Do you remember Urkel's famous lines? Um, what did he say? Did I do that? You win! You got it. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it was ludicrous. Remember when he'd take off his glasses and turn into Cool Steve? It's like, kind of like Clark Kent Superman. I don't know if you ever saw those episodes, but it was fun. He clearly told like the people that uh, in his contract with the TV station, he was like, look, if I, if I don't get to show myself at all, then I'm going to be typecast as Urkel for the rest of my life. And that did kind of happen. I, don't, I can't even know. I don't no, even he know. Was, he's, he's been on, uh, I didn't recognize him, but my wife did. Okay. Uh, he was on, uh, I can't remember, uh, Blue Blood or one of the... Blue Blood? Okay, one of the cop shows? Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, no, no, he wasn't a cop. He was, uh, I think he was a bad guy, but... Um, <laughs> He's bad Urkel. <laughs> uh, yeah, bad did they, Urkel. Did they put a goatee on him and like the, like no, the, no, the evil I, Spock back in the old days? And uh, he was on Dancing with the Stars, my wife really? informed me. I, okay. I don't watch that show. Dancing, how about Dancing with the Former Child Stars? Could we, could we, could we call it that? That could be it. <laughs> we're going to have to take a break, Yeah, my we're friend. coming up. We're going to be with the perspicacious conservative, Miss Jessica Zalaji herself, doing a recap of the Right Online conference that was this past weekend in D.C. So okay. we'll be back in a couple minutes on Greg's List. This is Michael Gano with Insight to Israel. Every day, the Israeli Defense Force finds itself on the front line of the war with the militant arm of Islam. Surrounded by enemies from within and without, they fight for the only Jewish state. Military service is mandatory, ladies serving two years and men serving three right out of high school. While young people in other democracies are busy traveling or attending university, Israeli men and women gear up for basic training. In a world of heads of state, politicians, ambassadors, diplomats, and a leftist media, many times our voice at the grassroots level is drowned out. So we started an ongoing project called Hershey's for Heroes. Patriot conservatives from all over the U.S. are sending Hershey's chocolate bars with a note of thanks for defending Israel. Won't you join us by sending a sweet message to the IDF? For information, please see my Facebook page at Michael Gano. Thank you, God bless Patriot Conservatives, and God bless Israel in her struggle for sovereignty and security. This is Tracy Pearson with Prissy Tomboy. Listen to the Prissy Tomboy radio show every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time as I interview special guests that will inspire adventure and fitness for females. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome back to Greg's Just Live, the home of serious journalism, only on America's WebRadio.com. I'm excited to be uh, 
uh, given the opportunity to talk about this great conference. I was uh, able to attend this past weekend in our nation's capital and uh, joined right now with the perspicacious conservative, Jessica Zalaji. Jessica, welcome back to Greg's List. How are you? Great. How are you? Man, I am fired up. I know we uh, had, a, had a hell of a bus trip on Sunday, but uh, <laughs> after we finally got out of Virginia, which took, what, seven hours, I think, is how long we were in the state of Virginia? Uh, I thought it was more like a couple of days, but if you say seven hours, I really have no concept of time. Well, so. we could, yeah. Well, if you count seven hours getting there and seven hours back, it certainly was more than half a day. But uh, I got to say, that was just an incredible experience for me. I know me and you went to uh, several of the same seminars. This was the Write Online uh, conference, and Write Online is R I G H T online. It was kind of a uh, a, a blogger political consultant, activist, put on by Americans for Prosperity. Uh, the Breitbart folks were there. So just a really great national experience. And uh, Jessica was there with about 30 other people. We we did it Democrat style. We were bussed into D.C. But uh, <laughs> other, other than the bus trip, I had a great time. What were some of your takeaways from it? Um, well, I thought it was a fabulous um, conference all around, but I definitely enjoyed there was a breakout session on what would Breitbart do and it was basically um, a panel of people who were either working under Breitbart Andrew Breitbart before he passed or were recruited by him and were kind of running parallel along with his type of initiatives and the insight that they provided and the um, the way that they rose up into being able to have an impact on the way things are taking place was pretty. It was pretty powerful because they were just small little bloggers and activists, and um, they just kept doing the right thing and speaking truth to power. So it was pretty. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, at that panel, um, the uh, the moderator was a guy named Larry O'Connor, who's the host of. Uh, uh, a weekly talk show, a three-hour like morning drive-in, similar to I guess I would compare him to kind of a Herman Cain, but um, not a little bit different. He's 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 white, <laughs> but uh, he moderated it. Great sense of humor, and he was joined on this panel that Jessica was talking about with with James O'Keefe from Project Veritas, which is. Uh, uh, the project that uh, took down Acorn several years ago, and during his 30-minute presentation, we saw all sorts of other activities that he was in. And Jessica, one of the things that stood out to me is he pointed out all the states that they went to, and they made you know these palpable differences, specifically in uh, Kentucky, where they um, – they they basically got one of Allison Grimes, who was running against Mitch McConnell. They got one of her donors to admit that they were going to screw over the coal industry afterwards. And that didn't make national news, but he James was able to show that it got on almost every channel in the state of Kentucky, and that really turned the tide in that election. Well, and I thought it was pretty fascinating that, you know, they have the content, and he was talking about how they used, you know, Five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars max to get the message out to these local stations and these bloggers and smaller journalists, and then the campaigns who are running against these people pick it up and use their millions of dollars in deep pockets to actually get the message across. And so, you know, while they don't work for any specific candidate, and no one could ever even insinuate that they do, they are their message is being promoted by these campaigns because of the undercover work. 
Yeah, he was basically, he basically said, we don't care if we make national news. We're on every local TV news network in Kentucky, and then that gets picked up. I think they said something like $63 million was spent on the Kentucky Senate race, and their initiative there cost 49000 so Right. They Amazing. were a small drop in, in the bucket. And then the next panelist was Sonny Johnson, and this was uh, – just a just an electric speaker. Um, I I thought she was amazing, especially when she, she's a she's an African American conservative and um, got up and said all the not uh, not all the right things that that we we hear from our typical black uh, conservatives. And she said the reason that we're not getting as much traction in the black community is because of the the the, the black GOP leaders that we're listening to. And I thought that was really interesting. It is. It's definitely divisive, I think, in some circles. But if you know, yeah, if I'm there's sure, truth yeah. to it, then we need to be open to it. She's so. not going to be invited to Mia Love's fundraisers, <laughs> so right? I wouldn't think she basically pointed out Tim Scott, Mia Love, and Alan West as three folks that are maybe not exactly the ones that should be carrying the torch for black conservatives. And I thought that was really interesting. I'm going to be posting a link to her speech so everybody can can watch that. And I would love to, to get her to be able to come down to George and talk about it because that's something that I think me and you agreed with, that these people were actually inspiring uh, us to do something, you know? Right. They, they make you believe that you're not just treading water or spinning your wheels. And I know you were able to, to connect with a lot of the folks. Both me and you have, you know, gotten a decent uh, amount of friends on social media just, you know, from being um, not exactly timid wallflower voices on social media. And I thought it was really cool being able to meet so many people in real life. Definitely. It was a great networking event. And, um, you know, they in one of the larger sessions during the conference, not a breakout session, but actual a main session, they had – people raise their hand and talk about um, the type of specialty and focus of their blogs and or their initiatives or their organizations. And the focus was just, like, not everyone is just a statewide political type thing. They have so, like, really fine-tuned, you know, market places that they've, they've made a specialty for. And, and that's enlightening, too, because... You just assume when you hear blogger that they're either blogging about food, fashion, or politics, and it's, there's a lot more to it than that. So I, I enjoy getting to meet all the different types of people that were there. Yeah, and it wasn't, I mean, they really, it was not a politician-centric um event at all there were very few actual politicians for being in dc i really didn't see any i i kind of took a different tack i would have loved to be able to have a, a day or two more so i could go out and see the monuments but i felt like we were there for the people to uh and to network and meet with them and to attend the classes i went to uh one that um ali akbar uh moderated after the breitbart one and it was about monetizing blogs and being able to get advertisers and, and writing specific content that was going to, you know, impact you uh, and get more circulation for you. And I, I got a lot out of that. Um, what was one, what was, an, oh, you went to the um, the big seminar or the, the night before, the Wired editor. Um, I, can't I did. David, um, David Rowan, did. The, the editor of, of Wired magazine from the United Kingdom, a British guy, had a 30-minute presentation that was just mind-blowing, and I know you were sharing the same sentiment as I was during that. I did. I enjoyed that one, and then I also enjoyed um, the initial 
seminar on net neutrality because one of the FCC commissioners was there, and he's the one who um, has spoken out against President Obama in Congress. He testified before Congress, and he was just a fountain of information that we don't hear, and he just encouraged everyone to continue fighting against net neutrality because it's not over. They're only going to try to continue to expand it, and the facts and the numbers and the the amount of control we have over our internet already is it was it was disheartening but it was interesting yeah and uh also we heard from cheryl atkinson who was um a former investigative reporter from cbs i say former because she was kind of uh shown the door because she had the the gall to investigate fast and furious and some other uh obama administration scandals and i'm sure and that what she was telling us is the gatekeepers at the white house kind of tell them the mainstream media what to do and what to run and uh i i did not think that that was very uh I didn't, I didn't think that that was a, a good foreshadowing on, on, on our country either. Nope, and people just kind of let it slide by. Yeah, the story she talked about C-SPAN when they, uh, four years ago, when they were talking about Obama, or I guess about six now. God, time flies when you've uh, doubled your debt in six years. But uh, at any rate, so they were talking about C-SPAN, had an interview with Obama shortly after he took office, and Obama was bragging about how he wasn't going to redecorate the Oval Office because everybody else was facing hard times. And a couple weeks later, the White House announced a multi-million dollar uh, renovation of the Oval Office. They told C-SPAN not to run the story. C-SPAN said, screw you, we're running it anyway. And C-SPAN has not had an interview with Obama since then. Super transparent. Yep, the most transparent administration in history. Anyway, Jessica, I wanted to give you a chance to talk about your blog real quick, The Perspicacious Conservative. You've been doing a lot of writing on Georgia politics. Uh, what do you think you might have coming up next, and uh, where can people find you? Well, you know, the Perspicacious Conservative is the blog. Um, it's not easy to spell, but it is on Facebook and Twitter as well. Um, I have kind of taken, I took a couple weeks off just after we wrapped up the session because I felt like there was a an issue every single day and I was wearing myself and everyone around me out. But, um, <laughs> you know, as we go forward, I'm sure, and camp kind of picked up on um, the political or the presidential environment and what's going on in Georgia and how that will kind of pan out, but um, I'm sure before long we'll have our study committees and our legislative session gearing up for next year and what they're going to do to infringe on our rights. So. Yep, it'll be time to time to steal more rights from Georgians and, uh, and, and raise more taxes. I'm sure that'll be on the docket as well. I think we are going to have a good time with this clown car of Republicans as the uh, the GOP <laughs> celebrated a belated Earth Day by recycling my cuckabee today. So uh, we've had three three announcements within two days. But anyway, Jessica had a great time. The conference was awesome. Wanted to thank Americans for Prosperity for uh, sponsoring several of us from the great state of Georgia. And also thank our bus driver for getting us there and back safely. I forgot her name already, but she was awesome. I, I'm glad she got us there safely as well, and um, thanks for having me on to talk about it. No problem. I appreciate that. And uh, you can find Jessica at the Perspicacious Conservative 
Facebook.com. Probably easiest thing to do is Google that or try to search it on Facebook and go from there because perspicacious is a difficult word to not only spell but also say, especially if you've had a few (laughs) glasses of wine or beer, as I like to choose. But anyway, Jessica, thanks for calling in, and we'll see you soon, okay? All right. Have a great day. Appreciate it. And we're going to go ahead and probably want to take our 2.30 break here, David. We've got... uh, Madison Rising, the one of the band members, Dave Bray, scheduled to call in, as well as Sheila Stevens from the Valkyrie Initiative, and uh, very excited to have them on. They're going to be talking about some of the, the projects they're working on to help out our veterans. Madison Rising is a pretty big patriotic rock band. They have more than 175,000 Facebook likes, which is pretty hashtag awesome. See, I can learn how to speak millennialese with the best of them, even though at 39, I I got kicked out of the Millennial Club, which I'm not real excited about. But uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes with Dave Bray from Madison Rising and Sheila Stevens. See you then. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction and medical director of the Atlanta Healing Center. Please join me on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at EHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to Greg's Slide, the home of serious journalism only on America's Web Radio. No, I can't. I can barely hear it. Can you guys hear us now? Is it better? Sheila and Dave? That's much better. Awesome. A little louder. The louder, the better. Okay. I'm going to try to double that. All right. Well, we are joined right now by Sheila Stevens and Dave Bray from the rock band Madison Rising. And thank you guys for calling in today. I know it was a little bit of of short notice, but uh, Sheila was able to get uh, Dave to take a little bit of time out from setting up his uh, tour and his schedule. And I really appreciate you guys taking the time to call in today. And um, if you wanted to introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners, I guess uh, ladies first. Sheila, I know you were going to talk about uh, Project Valkyrie or the Valkyrie Initiative. And um, what, let's just give us a brief introduction, then we'll have Dave introduce himself, and then we'll start uh, chatting about uh, all, the, all the issues and events we got coming up. Sure, sure. I'm Sheila Stevens, 
I'm a former police officer and federal agent. I teach criminal justice now and getting my PhD in forensic psychology. I began the Valkyrie Initiative uh, for many reasons, which uh, we can talk about later if you want. But I I believe there's an intersection of issues, reintegration, when people who are on the streets or who are military personnel come back home. So um, there are a lot of things we'll be doing with it, which, again, we can talk about later after my intro. But I think it's going to be something you've not, you've not seen before. And Dave has uh, written a song for one of our projects that he can tell you about that is totally amazing and will blow you away. If you've listened to his Star Spangled Banner, you know he can blow you away. <laughs> so here's Dave. Yeah. Hey, Dave, welcome to Greg's List. Uh, Dave is with the rock band Madison Rising, and uh, just really excited to have you on the show today, and thanks for calling in. No, it's good It's, it's good to be here. And, um, you know, uh, again, I... I appreciate that uh, that uh, introduction there, Sheila. It's very very kind of you. Um, we have never met Sheila and I, but my wife had uh, introduced us basically through the Valkyrie Initiative. And what she was trying to do, and what she wants to do, and, and her end goal and her mission is is absolutely exceptional. And um, again, if we can if we can help, you know, even a few veterans or people with uh, post traumatic or internal scars, um, you know, the more the better that that get the help. Uh, before it's too late. So basically, um, the idea for the song uh, that I was given was kind of what Sheila is going to do with the Valkyrie Initiative, uh, but also the type of song she was looking for, which basically says, you know, I am still, I'm still here, I'm still a person, I'm still in the fight, um, you know, and don't, you know, don't, don't coddle me, don't look, look at me in a different way or a different yeah. perspective. Yes. And and that's kind of what I went for when I wrote the song Warrior Inside. I wanted it to be something that says, you know, hey, I'm still in this fight. I'm still in this game. Um, you know, I I I I took and swore an oath to the Constitution and and to the citizens of this country, and I I intend to you know upkeep that oath. So that's kind of the idea behind Warrior Inside. Um, it it's really sort of taken on uh, a life of its own since I've I've spoken to Sheila even last. Um, you know, we're getting into the the next stage with it, and that is sort of like the conduction and the uh, composition of the song with with all the instruments. So it's coming along really great, and uh, it's cool to be a part of something that can make and help and change and, and do something in the world. So yeah. Uh, now, Dave, you're you're a Marine as well, correct? Correct. I was a FMF corpsman, served with 2nd Battalion, 2nd Marines out of Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. So that gives you, uh, I think, a special insight on this issue. Um, i got to say our veterans just are, are, you know, we're able to fly in Central American families uh, for refugees, and, and yet our veterans can't get their medication from the VA hospital on time. So I, I, I have a big problem with the priorities of this White House, and I applaud what you guys are doing. Sheila, we uh, chatted briefly before, but I want to let you talk about the Valkyrie initiative and kind of what's going on in tandem and the good news is it sounds like you and dave are going to be meeting at some point in the, the fairly near future yeah. actually it will be september 26 that's the date that we've carved out to have an event in uh near tyler um near uh let's see temple temple i'm sorry temple texas and the little town is called buckholtz <laughs> and there's 198 acres that Michael Adam, who's my vice president, has uh, carved out for our use, and he already has a range on it, and he already does amazing things on it, lots of wonderful training, interactive training where you can go. You don't just shoot at a target, but you run through the woods, and you go down zip lines, and you, you, know, you actually confront uh, people in the woods. It's, a, it's an amazing event. 
And we plan to do a lot of that because there's been plenty of research that shows that for people like us, first responders and military personnel, you want to keep your skills up. Mm -hmm. you, you want to be the person you've always been. And so training is a big part of it. And it's actually therapy for a lot of people. It can by itself do a lot to reduce stress. So that, we'll have that event September 26th. And um, the song that Dave is doing will be presented on that day. And he's going to be, um, they'll be filming part of it, the, the making of the song. And then on September 26th, the authors of the book that we are uh, putting together will be on stage with him if they want to be with the band. And they will be talking about their story back and forth, you know, cutting from the song to the people, kind of like a docu-video. And we'll be documenting for the world from their own mouth their experiences. So, and that, that originates from a book, that a book series we'll be doing. It's called The American Warrior Journal. And the first book is called Still Standing. So the song that Dave has written correlates so well with that because one of the lines in his song is about if I'm still standing, I, you know, I'm still here. So it's an amazing, um, it'll be a like a tribute to what these people have done for their children and their and their grandchildren. And the um, the best part of it is that on this day we're going to show the world not only what warriors are, they're not broken, they're not um, dangerous, they're not to be avoided, but they're just like you and me, only actually they're better because there's something that's been discovered recently called an MAOA gene, and it kind of carves out an identity for people who are risk takers and are protectors of the, the nation, of the world sometimes, and you find it in people like this. So when someone, when you look at the media coverage and you talk, and all they're showing us is people who are committing suicide or who are committing violence against their spouse or something, that's a very small percentage of people who fall into the warrior hero category. The majority of them are very protective and they're very, um, they're very, um, risk-taking, they do things that nobody else is going to do. They run toward the danger instead of away from it. So when they come home, excuse me, we have allergies down here. When they come home from either the war or they, uh, they come off the streets with an injury or some other problem, sometimes an identity issue arises because I know this myself. I went through this same problem. I was a, a, a federal agent and was injured on duty. And when I could no longer work, I mean, I went back up on my crutches. That's how bad I wanted to be there. And they made me go home time after time. And so I understand how you can lay on the floor in the fetal position and think, what, what happened to my career? What happened to what I love? What I want to do? What I'm, I know how to do? What I do better than anything in the world? And I think that's part of all of this. Is, and so part of what we'll be doing at Valkyrie will be bringing in some jobs, some skills. We've got tons of warriors and first responders waiting to impart some of the skills they know and they can they can use in their own life. Maybe hang up their own shingle. Things like private investigation or knife making or weapons training or personal protection. The things that you want to still do. You don't want to work behind a desk at JCPenney, right? right. <laughs> or on the floor at JCPenney. And so we're going to be trying to uh, also 
find a network of people around the nation where we can plug these people back into for nutritional counseling, which I think is huge, for uh, modalities that will reduce stress without drugs like yoga, like um, barium oxygen tanks, which Dave and I have talked about. He's been he's heard a lot and heard a lot about that. Yeah, that's oxygen and therapy t- type uh, mm-hmm. tanks, correct? Okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you know, and one of the things... All these things... But what, what okay. I wanted to ask Sorry. you, I, I guess, is is how can we, you know, leverage all this activity and these events to get some some tangible change for how our veterans are treated by 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 the federal government when they come home. Uh, that's that's what I have a big problem that's, with. That's why I want to hook in. I've got some people trying to find a way for me to hook into some some folks at the VA, and I think that's going to be the only way we can do it. You know, the government contracts out in all kinds of ways. They can't do everything as well as the public sector. They just can't. And one of the, so, one of the, oh, I'm sorry. One of the, one of the things that, that we do as a band, Madison Rising, and, and many of the dates, if you look on Madison Rising's webpage, uh, and this, that's a great question, is what can we do and what, what we are doing uh, as a band and as a group. Um, but we tour with the Concerned Veterans for America. And uh, we have Gold Star Mother Karen Vaughn on the tour. She speaks. And basically, um, you know, Sean Parnell is another. He's another author. And a few other authors come on the road with us. We just recently had Alan West, and we're looking to get Oliver North. But basically what we do is we go from town to town, and we create awareness, A, first and foremost. But, B, we also create, uh, a, you know, a, a definite swell in, in the conversation. And uh, many things that have gone to the Hill... Uh, that have been changed in favor of the veteran have been changed because of the Concerned Veterans for America. So if people want to find out more about what can be done and who's doing it uh, without trying to start something grassroots all by yourself, I, I can't stress enough how getting involved with the Concerned Veterans for America and your community uh, can help in that subject matter. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that's, it's just it's an amazing organization. Yeah, that's that's exactly kind of what we want to talk about because we, you know, when I hear stories that veterans get home and have to wait 11 months for their PTSD drugs, right. that horrifies me. That that really pisses me off. And for uh, to be able to coordinate events and with a with an obviously well established uh, band like Madison Rising that that's been touring the country that has the the, the social media presence, 175,000 uh, Facebook likes. You can find them at MadisonRising.com. It looks like their new album is up here. Um, we are uh, just excited to be able to do what we can to help promote you guys and uh, your initiatives. And Sheila, with uh, oh yeah, They're with your par- can you talk a little bit? I know we had the Valhalla project, uh, Gordon, uh, a while back, and that was kind of a special camp for veterans. You were saying yours, the Valkyrie Initiative, is also going to be um, a, a place where they can kind of come home yeah. and, and rewind. How what? What's the average length of time you would expect them to to stay and re- recuperate a little bit? Well, in the beginning, though, it will be probably not more than a week or so. Okay. But we're trying to find we're going to find ways to build cabins out there so that they can actually spend some extended time. Um, right now, we are you know in the process of putting all this together. But if you remember, Gordon Gordon is my mentor. <laughs> I just talked to him the other night to make sure we're still on the same page. <laughs> but he's doing what's called outdoor or farm therapy. And the, and the universities are now even studying this because you get it's like a retreat. You, the people come, and he has a, something that I'm going to institute as well. It's called, um, but you work four hours a day. 
And you know nothing is for free, right? You work and you put something back for the veterans that come after you. And then you have the rest of the time for other things, for hunting, for using some of the modalities. I mentioned the yoga or um, some of the other things. Mm -hmm. And then uh, any other therapy or nutritional counseling that will go beyond that. It actually is the basis of what we'll be doing. And we'll be growing our own food and slaughtering our own animals. And we'll be teaching these things, lost arts that people... You know, used to pass down from parent to child, so that if any calamity did happen, you could take care of yourself. And right. We don't. We've kind of lost that today. But but all this stuff is therapeutic. Getting back to roots, to the ground, yeah. to and, the earth. And I guess I want to ask then, the, the wound wounded warrior project. Obviously, they have a big name. Um, I, I personally had a negative experience with them a couple years ago when I was trying to to be able to raise some money for them. They wanted me to fill out all this paperwork. It was just a real pain to deal with them. So can, talk about why we should work with, with, with Dave Bray and the Concerned Veterans for America and some of these uh, more targeted groups, than the, the uh, not necessarily to talk bad about Wounded Warriors. I do think they do accomplish some good things, but I, I, I'm hearing some negative things about them, and I think um, supporting you guys financially and volunteers is going to get far more benefit, especially return on investment. Dave, can you take take that real quick? Sure. Um, you know, getting into the, the Wounded Warriors um, is, is kind of one of those uh, hot push-button push button issues right now. Yeah, uh, and, and as far as all of the, you know, the charitable organizations that are going directly towards veterans, um, I, I do think it's important that, you know, even though it says uh, that you can uh, take your money and uh, out of this and, and you can pay yourself a salary, uh, I believe that the, the the guy who runs you know Wounded Warriors just made three hundred seventy five thousand for himself. Mm. I, I I don't have a problem with that, but I guess what what I do have a problem is, um, you know, is like you said, in comparison to the amount of money that's sitting in their bank account, that really isn't that much. But um, what they have sitting there and what they actually could do with that money to do something, i.e., with the the Valkyrie Initiative or something along that, sponsored by Wounded Warriors. They, they definitely have blazed the path uh, for the veterans, uh, you know, nonprofits. But uh, for them to sit on top and just sort of, I don't, I don't want to say relish, uh, I, I think that they, sh- they should be reaching back down to the olive branch because uh, they've become a massive corporation, whereas, you know, the smaller, the smaller guy on the totem pole still wants to do something to help, but instead exactly. it's turning into, it's turning into uh, legal battles over names and, and things like that, and it, it, it's you know the less the less legalities issues we have, or the more leg- legal issues we have with the wounded warriors or any of those, the less the veterans are going to get rewarded or helped out yeah. where it needs to be helped. So that, that's it, my thoughts on that. Exactly. And, yeah, and that was, and that's why that's that's why we you know Madison Rising Concerned Veterans for America, Sheila and the Valkyrie Initiative. That's why again, like you said, if people are willing or want to help or, or don't know what to do with their you know what with with what they want to do or, or with the problems at hand like 22 kill uh you know how do we fix that how do we do that and and the answer is is with these grassroots organization volunteerism time you know if you can get involved with the concerned veterans for america get involved with the concerned veterans for america volunteer just a little bit of your time 
and it goes a lot more than your dollar. Yeah, and that's one of the things. I d- I d- again, I don't want to disparage Wounded Warrior. I think that they, they initially had the best of intentions, but uh, you're right. That that was the biggest thing. They they were upset that I had the, wanted to put their name on something that I we were sponsoring as the Buckhead Young Republicans. They just uh, – it was very negative, and uh, now it seems like they're spending an awful lot of money on advertising. They're almost turning into one of these you know nationalized, like a, a Red Cross or yeah. something like that, where they have exactly. a – where they have a huge administration budget, and none of the money is really trickling to the veterans. Uh, so that's kind of is that yeah, is that accurate? That's what I was going to okay. That's what I was going to say. I agree with everything Dave said, and I'd like to add that I plan to do this like on a state versus federal government basis. You know, keep the the uh, states or the the Valkyrie Initiative smaller uh, and work with other, reach out to other organizations and work together with whatever they do, whatever they specialize in, and keep everything from getting so top-heavy. Because when you grow large, the top can't see the bottom, and we see that in our federal government right now. Um, So if we operate on that principle that a lot of small groups can go together and help each other and work together better and keep an eye on everything better. And in fact, Gordon doesn't take a penny and I haven't taken a penny. I'm not going to take a penny. I'm trying to look for ways that I can bring in income, which this book and video will do. Mm-hmm. Um, which will bring an income that doesn't depend entirely on having you know, a handout and saying, give me a donation. Exactly. Well, Dave, I wanted to ask you, you guys performed at the Chris Kyle Memorial and obviously with the American Sniper uh, setting box office records. It's just been an amazing story. Um, Chris Kyle's uh, widow has been um, on a lot of news things. What was that like? And uh, tell us about that experience. Um, I th- it was it was it was rewarding for me just to do you know anything that could possibly help that family out um, in their time. Um, you know, very difficult. I I, I kind of have I look at it in two ways. You know, um, it's got to be tough to have that I guess sort of visual memorialization of your son be taken yeah. to the national level and and everywhere you look and and this is where I you know I, as much as I. I, I'm around Gold Star parents. I don't. I don't necessarily still to this day know how to speak or know the language that's proper. <laughs> but what I, what I do, I mean, it's got to be tough to relive constantly. I, I think it's just a difficult thing, um, you know. In general, I mean, speaking of losing a child, but when you lose a child and then they make a movie out of it, and then it's it's in every T-shirt and every gas station you go into, you know, mm-hmm. it's got to be just it's got to be excruciating. So, uh, again, I don't know the proper language, but I can tell you that, you know, to be a part of the event was a blessing. We're also doing uh, an event for Danny Dietz, who was also a part of Operation Red Wing on the 23rd in Texas. And, uh, you know, I I hope that some of your listeners can get down to Houston. It's for the Danny Dietz Memorial Roping. It's like a rodeo, and Mm -hmm. then Madison Rising will be playing. That's May 23rd. Well, we're going to – Mike, my producer and and the station owner here has asked if if you guys can kind of send us the dates. We'll uh, we'll promote it for you guys because, obviously, we want to help the uh, organizations that are really, you know, kind of direct – to the veteran, direct to the afflicted person. I think that that's, uh, you know, again, yes, I don't, I don't want to disparage the big organizations, but I always want to remind people, donate to the local folks because they 
they really need the money, and it'll go directly to when you can actually research charities, and they'll have uh, formulas that show how much, what percentage of the money actually goes to the people that it's purported to help. And uh, what you guys are doing is is just incredible. Um, the uh, I was thinking maybe we could invite ISIS to a couple of the the concerts in Texas. What do you think about that? <laughs> okay, that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting thought. <laughs> I heard somebody. I mean, they, they, they had the other day they, someone. Yeah, they had such a great experience Sunday night that uh, know. you know they could they could they could just buy one way tickets with Southwest because they, they specialize <laughs> there and uh, I think that could be really an incredible thing especially with some of these the, you know the uh, the Sheila you were talking about some of the the projects where the veterans would be able to play paintball or something like that we could kind of have paintball with ISIS but use live rounds. <laughs> Actually, we're going to play real ball with real bullets. <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah. And, and, and Dave, I think that would be a hell of a song to write about, too. Just call it Pig's Blood and Bullets or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, like okay, I said, te- if Texas, if the state of Texas could start advertising, I, the one thing about ISIS is they are pretty technologically savvy, but I think Texas should start offering vacation packages on their YouTube channels and their Twitter <laughs> and say, y'all come Let's back now. Y- y'all come back now, you hear? I think that would be just a really, really swell <laughs> opportunity. But, uh, and you yeah. think those guys aren't itching? Yeah, <laughs> they would take care of it. Well, again, it was kind of like, you know, putting cheese in a, in a little rat trap there, wasn't it, with the uh, the show? I was in, d- <laughs> d- did you, do y'all go to D.C. much to do any lobbying? I know Johnny Isaacson is one of our senators here in Georgia, and he is on the, he's the chair of the Veterans Committee, and he's actually been trying to push the needle in D.C. Do y'all work with any kind of lobbyist efforts on the national we, basis? We, we have, uh, the Concerned Veterans for America just did a huge push down there last week. And okay. Again, I, I hate to keep, keep name dropping, but Pete Hexeth, uh, you'll see him on Fox News. He's a Fox News contributor. Anything that has to do with the veterans, he's on there discussing it. Uh, they go down and they get they do they get in the faces of these guys, and you know they're right they're right on Capitol Hill. Um, this week coming up, uh, May fifteenth, I will be doing a performance of God Bless America uh, for the Capitol Police Week performance um, in D.C. and that's May fourteenth on the Capitol stairs. So that should be pretty cool. Oh yeah. Um, and we also mm-hmm. get together with with organizations that you know that throw events on the on the lawn there. So we'll do uh, the National Monument and like. Two million bikers to, C- to DC is another one that we did mm-hmm. uh, last year. So, you know, we're, we're pretty involved. Uh, I would say uh, on I'd a say national level, with a bunch of di- <laughs> yeah, and on a bunch of different on a bunch of different landscapes there. Yeah, well, we're we're actually our station here, America's Web Radio. We're invo- involved in a freedom, um, uh, sorry, a Freedom of Information Act or FOIA for the legal community for information on vets and why they're being mistreated. So, it's certainly one of the palpable issues. Are are producer slash station owners and army veterans so it is uh, a very formative part of of what we're trying to to do here and i always like to point out things i had um uh, Brian Colfage on my show, and he's um, yeah, he's fine. a friend of mine out in Arizona. I know you you know him. Uh, she maybe, right. he, that mm-hmm. may have been how we kind of got connected uh, through me being able to interview him. He was one of the most wounded out there. He was he's lost several limbs in a grenade attack or an RPG attack back in I think it was 2004 in Iraq. But uh, he was uh, somebody that that you know I've known his story for a long time, and uh, his family's. Yeah. friends with mine and that's just it's just always such an important issue if we can't take care of our veterans then, then why are we trying to take care of the rest of the world is, is my question exactly exactly and 
I say one quick thing before we? I know our time's probably yep. up, isn't it? It's, it's we're I getting close, but we but we, we didn't um, take we didn't take the commercial break so we could uh, keep oh, talking. So thank, <laughs> thank you very much because I tend to talk. Um, <laughs> we're having a drawing pretty soon. It's not up yet, but it, follow my page. It'll be up, and I'll probably be adver- you know advertising it some on Dave's Madison Rising page as well. But it it's to help with some of the um, the costs down in um, September 26th mm-hmm. in Texas when we have our launch. It's going to be amazing. John Galletta from Brothers in Arms and DS Arms Inc. Has, have, they're coming together and they're making a special AR-15 with a special trigger, a special scope. It's going to be one of a kind. And, yeah, Dell Comstock has given us uh, items. Uh, Dalton Fury. Let's see who else. Jeff Crowder made tactical Bowie knives. Um, Chris Dacchio, his, his special... Um, t-shirts and John Hurst, who, as everybody knows, is the best tracker in the world. <laughs> he has offered a class for uh, you can actually take one of his classes along with a package, which is his t-shirt and book and everything else. So there's some really valuable stuff, and things are still coming in. And if anybody wants to, um, the second thing, wants to help us um, promote this this video and song that Dave is doing. We'll put their name on the end of it. They'll get credit for it, and they'll, we'll also put them on a plaque as founding contributors to the Valkyrie Initiative when yep. it all goes up. And, Sheila, I wanted to ask so, you, after the show, if you can hold on. We're going to talk to you offline about uh, some of the synergies that I think that uh, we are going to be able to put together, especially with uh, with Dave Bray being uh, so so helpful and willing to come on the show. Dave, I wanted to give you guys a chance to do a final thought. Uh, MadisonRising.com, tell us uh, – a little bit about where where some other ways are to find you. I know you guys are on Twitter and Facebook as well. Yep, yep, Madison Rising, Twitter, Facebook, just follow us. We'll be keeping everybody up to date about the Valkyrie Initiative as well. Um, you know, we are always looking for people across the country to play for and with. Uh, we also do a, a nonprofit called Shows for Heroes, and we've done, I think, four of those so far. So basically what Shows for Heroes is is also a way for us to give directly to veterans and veterans organizations uh, for them to, you know, for us to basically play. So it helps cover the cost of, that they would have to have to put out for us to play. Um, again, Shows for Heroes and Madison Rising, MadisonRising.com and are obviously, on, I'm on Facebook, Dave Bray or Dave Bray Madison Rising. You can find me. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Awesome. So well, that's great. I'd love to, love to hear from you. I want to hear your stories. Sheila Stevens, Dave Bray from Madison Rising, the most patriotic rock band in the, in the world. Universe. Thank you in guys the for calling. In, 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 yeah, we, we can actually say the known universe. Stephen Hawking cannot argue with that. But uh, Sheila, like I said, if you could stay on a little bit afterwards, uh, we wanted to talk to you about uh, connecting with you. Dave, thank you so much for taking time out to call in, and I, I can't wait thank to meet you, you within a couple months. And thanks for listening to Gregsis. We'll be back next week, same time, same channel. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.